0: We're gonna be reading the story of the prodigal son in Luke 15, 11 to 32. It says this, a man has two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between the sons. A few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all his money in wild living. About the time that his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him into the fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, At home, even the hired servants have food, enough to spare, and here I am, dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming, filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, Quick! Bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet. And kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with the feast. For his son of mine was dead, but has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party begun. Meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working. When he had returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house and he asked one of the servants what was going on. Your brother is back, he was told, and your father has killed the fattened calf. We are celebrating because of his safe return. The older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. His father came out and begged him, but he replied, all these years I've slaved for you and not once refused to do a single thing you told me. And in all that time, you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet when this son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fattened calf. His father said to him, look dear son, you have always stayed by me and everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate this happy day for your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost but now, he is found.
1: Well, let me, let me simply express my profound thanks, and uh, I was not expecting anything, and I, I, I think it's more blessed to give than receive, uh, but thank you very much. You know, today is for everyone, yet we're going to paddle towards men on this Father's Day. The parable that you have just heard is about a father and his two sons, but it's also a snapshot for us men about how we live life from three very different postures. As author John Wilmot says, before I got married, I had six theories about raising kids. I have, now I have six kids and I have no more theories (laughs) because parenting is hard. And this Father in the parable that we just heard knows this to be true, and man, each of us know it to be also true. But I want to start by saying, whether you're here, whether you're at home, you matter. You matter. And today we want to talk to you about your direction and your influence. So I want you to imagine yourself on a spectacular summer's day. There you are kayaking on the open water. Now, in the event that you do not swim, for today, you are an Olympic swimmer. (laughs) All is okay. You are in control of your kayak as you glide across the water in a forward-facing position. With each paddle stroke, you see what is ahead and you know where you're going. As many of us as men have been taught that this is the only posture in life. Living this way is an example of a forward-facing posture is to live a self-defined life, to be self-made men. In the parable we heard today, the younger brother for a season lives precisely this way. A self-defined life is where above all else, our life is exclusively about our own dreams and desires our own plans, that He does when he, what He wants, when He wants, and for a season, He has the time of His life. To enjoy this self-defined life, the younger son, He wounds others, but He doesn't overly worry about it because they are in His past and He is in the present. Without regard for his father or the impact his life decisions have on his older brother, one day he says to his father, give me the share of my inheritance. You know, in all of our lives, most self-defined seasons begin with some form of give me posture. And here's what is true. Men, our lives can make an impact or they can influence others. What happens next is the younger son's life is a continuation of him living exclusively from a self defined place, trusting that his direction that he has chosen will provide for all of his life's needs. Front facing, not looking back, he sets out. And Jesus says in the parable that he takes a journey away from home. Everybody say away from home. Away from home home into a far country. Notice the direction he is moving. You know, mistakenly self identification, self purpose, or even self gratification. They may be good things for a season, but eventually the issues beneath the issues start to show up. To the best of his limited belief, during the party season, he thinks that this posture that he has taken is unshakable, stable, safe, and forward facing. He can't see life getting any better, this younger son. Living a self-defined life may feel like one is moving forward, but the question this parable and Jesus inviting us to ask is, is it really progress? You see, at best, a self-defined life is an illusion because we aren't ever in as much control as we believe we are. Like paddling a kayak, you may control the direction, but you never control the weather above nor the water beneath. And life isn't lived on a still pond for any man or woman today. No, life is lived in an unpredictable ocean. And this younger son is about to discover this to be true in his life as well. Because when his resources run out, as we've just heard, so do his relationships. And he has a moment where he changes the direction that he was once living but in this story there is another brother there's an older brother and like unlike the younger brother he never physically leaves home but his heart wanders far from home you can be in church but not necessarily in Christ In a sense he too is navigating life from a forward facing seeing only what is in front of him posture Only the storm surfaces in his life that there is offense and there is unforgiveness, which can, it's left untreated. It can make us self-righteous where we only see the wrong in others, but we don't really see ourselves clearly. And one day, what has been swimming below breaks through the surface of the older brother's heart. He hears music and dancing, and he sees people partying. And when he hears that his younger brother has returned, that a fattened calf has been slaughtered, and how his brother is safe and sound, or as the father says, your brother who was dead, though he was never physically dead, the father recognizes the danger that he was in, he is now alive. When the older brother hears this, he isn't relieved, he's threatened. If the younger brother is living a forward-facing, self-defined life, then the older brother is a different example of also living a forward-facing life, but a goal-focused life. He has been intently driven to achieve, to do everything right, and to master life's challenges with his skills, opportunities, and outcomes. His life is not formed by grace, it is formed by earning and achievement. He is owed everything that he has earned, and when life isn't fair, this older brother becomes furious. He can't forgive because, well, we just said it, forgiveness isn't fair. They don't deserve it. My younger brother hasn't earned it. And when he sees his brother return, metaphorically speaking, his kayak capsizes the moment his goals are threatened. If you know the story you heard just a moment ago, if you think it through, the father has graciously given the younger son the younger son's inheritance the younger son has wasted all of it. He has been returned and restored as his son. And so for the older son, he may now be thinking, is my inheritance going to be cut in half yet again? This isn't fair. Listen to how the older brother views himself as he barks the following to his father. Look, these many years I have served you and I have never disobeyed your command. How many of you know on the outside we can do the right things, but on the inside it can be a mess? He says, yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, notice the language, came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. Again, this is another way that many of us as men are taught to live, taught to navigate the waters of life, that we focus on merit, that we master life's challenges, skills, opportunities, and outcomes. In a success-driven world, others become the object of our comparison, our competition, or our criticism. We can quickly lose sight of mercy when our hearts alone beat to the rhythm of merit and earning. Remember, all the older son's success, may I remind you, flows from the faithfulness of his father, not exclusively. What he has achieved for himself life is good while the water is good but how many of you know the water doesn't always stay calm sometimes it turns rough and the younger son lives a self-focused life living forward-facing self-focused has good elements but ultimately again it gives you a false sense of control it's good to know who you are and who you're not it's good and then when that is healthy it helps you it helps make you it helps you make a Jesus sized difference with your life with others but when a self defined life becomes unhealthy we don't build others up we wound others and as men this can be true as the younger son has done life has a way to remind us that there's always an untamed sky and a sea beneath you which you navigate but you never control In our story, the limits of his posture in life surface as the younger son experiences the storm of his own decisions. How many of you know what we decide today and when it shows up, there's always a delay? And we see this in this story. That for a while it's good and while the going is good, it's good. But when it turns bad, the the son begins to dream of home, a place that is very different from where he finds himself. The older brother lives a goal-focused life as we have discussed. Living forward-facing, goal-focused life also has good elements, but it too has blind spots. In all his goodness, achievement, success, the one thing that the older brother cannot master, which no man can master alone, is our own hearts. None of us can master our own hearts on our own. Goals and earning are good disciplines, men, but they make terrible drivers in our lives. And this too is evident in the life of the older brother. He also lives from a false sense of control and as his younger brother returns, we see just how far from home his heart has truly drifted. His decision to hold on to offense and bitterness and unforgiveness. Because what has happened to him is true, but he's not living by something that is greater, it ultimately creates a storm. It is an equal storm of his own decisions. His younger brother is at fault, but the older brother must bear responsibility with what he does with his own heart. But there is a third man in this story who lives life completely differently from either son's. This is a story about brokenness in family, yes, but it's also a story about ways in which we can live our lives. In a sense, The father has a strong sense of self. He knows who he is and he is at peace with whom God has made him. And thus he is postured to make the greatest difference in his family and with others. The father in this story, may I also remind you, probably had some goals earlier in life and has some now. He has accomplished much because he has much to give. Yet he lives life with a non-anxious presence that he is at peace, that he may have stuff in his bank account, but his life is not defined by those things. He's learned to live out 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7, which says that he walks by faith and not by sight. Hold that for a moment. On the surface, how the Father lives to some in 2022 may appear weak, But he actually displays a profound strength only gained by living life from a different posture. Like his sons, the father in this story also goes through multiple storms. Men, there is nothing that we can do to change, oftentimes, the waters becoming rough in life. The father isn't the cause of the storms, but they impact him profoundly. Yet this father has learned the difference between making an impact and stewarding influence. If you will, this father is navigating the water of life differently than his son's. He isn't living a self-focused life. If he were, he would never have given his inheritance to his younger son. He permits him to leave, yet this father never stops looking for his return. The father in the parable is profoundly hurt, but he never gives up hope. This father has a Hebrew 6 verse 19 hope. It says this, that it is a ho- this hope is a sure and steadfast anchor for his soul. He's so steadfast, the moment that he sees the silhouette of his son in the far distance, he runs towards his son. He does what a Hebrew father would not do, which is run towards his son. He is motivated by love and nothing else. He extends forgiveness. He welcomes him back home. And he welcomes home his younger son, not as a servant, but he restores his son's true identity. Nothing he has done changes the truth that though life now has taught my boy some lessons, you're still my boy. The son has learned, the younger son has learned valuable life lessons, but the greatest gift, the greatest gift in the story is the father's love which only comes from the heart of a man who learns to navigate life differently. You see, even though much of the father's life is being lived in the midst of the storms that he can't control, he has learned something powerful and profound that men, sometimes the greatest gift that we can give others is to allow our kids to borrow our belief in them while they develop their own trust for themselves. Sometimes trusting in the wrong things is how God opens the door of their hearts to show them Him, to show show them Himself who God is ultimate, ultimately how God leads them home. Men, may I say this, and women as well, before you believed in God, God believed in you. What about His older son? We must also take note of how the father doesn't exclusively live a a goal-driven life either. Again, a goal-driven life values success, achievements over relationships, but not this father. When his older son loses his way, if you remember the story, the father in our story equally rushes out and entreats him to also celebrate and return home. Again, while it may look different, The love of the father is equally expressed to both sons. And he says to his older son that what he believes about his father isn't true. As we read a moment ago, the the older son says to the father, like, I've done all these things and you have never done this for me. To which the father replies, all that I have is yours. Not just a goat, not just a party. Everything that I have is yours. You see, the father in the story shows us men that there is a deeper and a different way of living, a way to live where we embrace what we can't control by trusting the one who is always in control. If you pay attention, the father in the story lives identically to how Jesus lived on earth. And how Jesus lived on earth shows us a different way to live, men, other than maybe just self or goal-driven lives, men. the greatest posture of our hearts is not forward-facing. It's actually quite different. It's not living self-centered lives or goal-driven lives. It is living Christ-centered lives. This is the greatest gift that God can give you, and it's also the greatest gift that you can give those around you. See, the Father has learned to live by faith and not only by sight. The Father has learned that the water beneath and the sky above are outside His domain. The Father has learned you can't control all things in life, but God is in control. The Father has learned unmovable truths of redemption, of blessing, of love, and of faithfulness. The Father, if you will, has learned to navigate the waters of life differently than His Son's. And this isn't only an age thing, because you can grow, there's some men about to do something, and right now don't worry, they're not all offended and leaving. <laughs> huh? Men, the truth is, we can grow older, but the real question is, are we growing up? Are we growing into who God has called and created us to be? As I was studying and preparing for Father's Day, I read something that a theologian wrote and I think it's a profound metaphor. I think it's visual for us as guys that we're gonna get. I made mention a moment ago and you can see these kayaks on stage, forward facing. But one theologian wrote this and he wrote this to describe the way in which the father has learned to live his life. One theologian uses a metaphor to explain the profound difference between how the father lives and his sons. The sons paddle through life in forward front facing kayaks, but not the father. Man, the father has learned to become a seasoned rower. You say, what's the difference? Well, you see a rower navigates the identical waters, but does so from a different posture. A rower navigates the waters not forward facing, but with their back facing where they desire to go. To ensure that their boat stays on course, a rower can't simultaneously row and be constantly turning their head. This is what a seasoned rower does that is different from a kayaker. A seasoned rower has learned to use unchanging fixed points of reference outside of themselves to navigate the waters of life. In other words, success is not only in the stroke of their paddle. Seasoned rowers with their back facing where they want to go have learned to walk by faith and not by sight. They have learned to trust in things that are unchangingly true the big rock out there, the generational tree over there, the island that is just past there. You see, the Father has learned, in our story, has learned one thing. He has learned the posture of influence is when we as men turn our hearts to God. This is the directional shift when we learn to turn towards our Heavenly Father the one who is ultimately most trustworthy. In looking back, we can see God at work as we learn to trust as we move forward. A self-defined life is all about discovering who you are and it is important and it can make an impact but it often falls short of living a spirit-empowered influence. A goal-driven life can help you succeed in knowing what to do but it too falls short if you never discover one more important thing. Because a Christ centered life is first knowing whose you are, not just who you are or what you do. And from there, we live men in 2022 by fixed points of reference found in God's character and his forever established word that is more authoritative than any of our lives and any of our stories. Men, we in 2022 have to have the courage to shift by believing we're in control, front facing, to becoming seasoned rowers, where we keep our eyes fixed and our hearts anchored on Jesus. Trusting that what was true for Abraham, what was true for Isaac, what was true for Jacob, what was true for Daniel, what was true for Peter, what was true for, for Paul, that he is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And if I keep my eyes on him, no matter what storm is around me, I know that I keep my eyes on him, then I will get where I am designed to go. But if I turn and try to be in control of everything, I lose sight of the one who is Jesus said this, whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Paraphrased, if you want to find life, you got to turn your trust towards God. Gentlemen, let me take some pressure off. You don't have to change the world. You simply need to change. You simply need to turn toward God and continue to allow Him to change your story and direct your steps or your paddle strokes. Because today is always when tomorrow's storm, his story, excuse me, is being written. The question is today, will you navigate? Will you write your story? Will you navigate the waters of life as a kayaker or as a rower? For Father's Day, we have a single discovery and direction to share. There y'all are. Our break the water discovery is this. Man, would you discover on Father's Day how to trust Jesus when or by asking, where do you need a fixed reference outside of yourself found in God's word? Discover that and you'll begin to navigate the water differently. Fix your focus on Jesus. Follow his way to show you the way to others. Turn your heart towards God, men, and you don't have to worry about turning it from other things, it happens automatically. See, the enemy wants you and I as men to think we're in control and to fight with everything, but we have discovered, as I hope you have too, if you wanna grow up and not just grow older, turn your eyes upon Jesus and simultaneously you are turning your eyes from the things of this world. It happens automatically. Some of you today, though, you may have never experienced the belief and the affirmation of the love like a father displayed in our parable today. The truth is, many of us have never had a father speak words of affirmation, love, and blessing over their life, and we desire for that to change today As blessing carries spiritual significance for your life, and we would love to engage in a moment of honor and blessing together. And just before we do, may I say, from the depths of my heart, how blessed I am as a son to have a father like you. Thank you for being a seasoned rower, for turning your back towards the things of the world and turning your heart towards Jesus and leading not only our family, but being the real spiritual father of all of Life Center. So pastor, as you come to bless us all today, from my heart as your son and our heart as a church, we honor and bless you. Happy Father's Day.